Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 366 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orville Albert, and on today's episode, we're going to be counting down the top five things I was wrong about with Stern's most recent release, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, so yesterday, uh, you know, I talked about the good, the bad, and the bodacious. Uh, also called it the totally gnarly dude. And those are things that, you know, the totally gnarly were things that I just thought were super rad, that were really cool on the machine. And I've got a, at least one or two things to add to that list, but I also have some things that I got to maybe change and switch up. Some things I was wrong about. But before I get to that, I have to start by thanking Mr. Glenn the Skateboarder. Glenn, thank you so much. For that awesome theme song, um, I ran out of time in yesterday's episode and didn't thank you enough. Uh, I'm sure that took you a lot of time and energy, and I really appreciate that you added so many of the people that have made you know my my little humble blog here uh, be able to go out to so many people. Because uh, on the episodes when I have guests, I actually get to, you know probably 30, 40 percent, sometimes 50 percent more listeners when I'm just kind of doing blog style and, you know, sitting here ranting in Orby's arcade. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for adding all the pin turns and so many of my friends there. And the song is incredible. Congratulations on winning. Uh, you're going to be getting a free room or at least at the very least, uh, a free comfortable couch, uh, Chris, the pin turn and I's, uh, um, hotel or Airbnb, most likely, Hopefully we're going to get a really rad, I want to go all out. If you know, if you have to wait two years to do Pimberg, uh, 2022 Pimberg, watch out. We're going to get like Krista Pintern and I, and a couple other dudes are going to, and do debts, you know, it's for everybody. Uh, April O'Neill is welcome to come hang out with us anytime. Um, wow. I, I just, I, I love it in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game when she is, kind of doing commentary and sitting there and chatting and, and reporting and oh it just it, it, it adds to the game but Glenn you're going to be offered a free coach uh you know couple brewskis I would say at the very least or whatever you happen to like to drink my friend and uh also cheers to Mike Dimas uh very close runner-up. I loved Mike's song as well but I think that Glenn's edged it out especially because he added all those people that have made uh, my little humble blog cast so entertaining or at least you know in a way more entertaining to all the listeners out there so uh, let's let's talk about the one thing that I did uh, not get the chance to talk to enough about yesterday is uh, Jeremy Packer zombie Yeti's art package I truly believe and this isn't a slant on Christopher Franchi because Christopher Franchi's art is incredible but I believe for probably about a year and a half, 
that Jeremy Packer kind of passed the torch to Christopher Franchi, and Franchi was kind of, I think, between Munsters and Beatles and, and even Guardians of the Galaxy, even though I don't particularly love that game. Um, the artwork, of course, is incredible. Um, it's no Munsters Premium. That's still my favorite art package ever. And I can say that, yes, including even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I think that at this point, when you look at how good all three packages were, because I personally didn't love, I just don't, I, I really, the, the Munsters theme doesn't speak to me. And if it wasn't for the black and white premium package, I still think the other packages look good. But I think overall, when you look at the pro, the premium and the LE, overall, I think the art package on Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Stern is perhaps the best art package ever released. And that's the colors just pop. Everything fits. Everything on the play field works. Um, I do like the LE the best, especially the back glass. Uh, and of course it's got the mirrored back glass. Um, we'll get, we'll get more into that in a second, but I did want to apologize to zombie Yeti because I, you know, I really did want to leave some time to talk about the art and I ran out of time in yesterday's show. So the artwork, uh, I would be flabbergasted if that this art does not win the Twippy for the best art in 2022. Excuse me. And I've already heard that the LEs, of course, are sold out. I'm sure that the premiums are doing well. But after Jack Danger's stream tonight on Deadflip, I think the pros are going to do just fine as well. In fact, I've came to the conclusion that I would personally purchase a pro. Because although I love the hang glider mechanism. I am, I, I don't have, a, it, it's not that I'm necessarily a poor person, but I don't have a huge income and I would already have to sell like two of my machines just to even get. And I still think the first machine I'll ever get will be a Jurassic park pro because I do like the shots on that a little bit better. I do like the rules on that a little bit better, but I think I, I know I like the art far better on uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles. And I certainly it is a little bit more flowy because you don't have like the T-Rex paddocks on the left and you don't have a lot of, uh, there is certain things that, you know, kind of slow the game down a little bit. There's still an incredible flow on Jurassic Park, but I think the pro, especially the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pro is maybe the flowiest flow, flow, flow that I ever did flow down the river. Uh, it, it is a very flowing and fun game. Um, but let's get into Let's get into the top five things I was wrong about yesterday because I was wrong about some things. And, you know, when I mess up, I like to admit it and just sort of apologize and move right on to the next episode. You know what I mean? Uh, but number one, okay, I didn't mention this. I do love all the shots. But I had said that the Dimension X shots, they're these little tiny stand-up targets on either side of the left ramp. I had said that they were bad that I didn't like them. And I actually saw a point during a mode where Jack Danger tonight had to hit the Dimension X to kind of move forward and like nothing else was lit at the time. And that means that that shot is actually pretty valuable and it's a very 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 small little tiny target. It's not a typical stand-up target size, right? And he actually had a little bit of trouble with it. And it, it, and for good reason. It's a tough shot. Plus, you know, this is like his second time ever freaking playing the machine. But 
Um, I'm going to take that. I, you know, I said it was bad, and I'm going to say those two little Dimension X targets. I'm going to bring them all the way up to good. They're not bodacious or totally gnarly, brah, but they're at least, at the very, very least, they're good. They're important. They were made important. They're not just an afterthought or, a, you know, an, an added to your bonus or something. They're actually important to move on with a mode and get some stuff done. And once you take something that I thought was unimportant, make it a more important shot, all of a sudden it becomes a harder shot. And yeah, it's at least good. It's at least good. I still don't, I don't love them. If they weren't there, I wouldn't be upset whatsoever. Okay. Number two is the callouts. Okay. Yesterday I said the callouts are bad. And today, well, not being, having five zoom streams in the background with, you know, some feedback loops and a little bit of, you know, internet cutting in and out and several people attempting to talk sometimes at once. I was actually able to focus on, I believe there's the direct audio, which I'm assuming there was yesterday, but, or, or two days ago during the uh, premium LE stream. Um, I actually do, I do like that the callouts are directing you what to do. So the callouts, as far as what a callout is supposed to do, which is to tell, to call out to you so you don't have to look at the LCD screen. Uh, so you don't really necessarily even have to be watching the inserts or what's lit, even though that you're going to see while playing most likely anyways. The callouts do what they meant to do. They tell you exactly what to do. And I actually really, really like it when Splinter is sitting there and he's like giving you like tips. And I think the Splinter voice is closer than I thought it was. Um, April was very close. Shredder was good. And Krang was just uh, hilarious. Just, just absolutely hilarious. And that might have been, again, a, a fail, just like the sound wasn't, the call weren't as good as I thought they were because of that. So I will have to eat it and say, I was wrong about that. I said they were bad. I'm going to say they're at least good. In fact, they're very good at what they do. Some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles voices are certainly not what we knew of the OG Turtles that are represented uh, in the artistic style of this machine. However, overall, they do what they're supposed to do. The voices are recognizable. I think I think that some of them are actually very entertaining, like Shredder and, um, like I said, even having Splinter giving you kind of tips and being your coach in your corner while you're you're doing stuff. And there is some funny ones. I would like to see a little more humor in the callouts. I guess I, I found the show really funny, and I would would like to see more. You know, I think that would bring it from like good to like bodacious, bruh. You know what I mean? Like it could step up those callouts again. That's something they can still probably change or work on. I'm hoping. I don't know. Uh, but it's not bad. They're not bad. I want to say that. I, so I don't want anyone to think that they're bad. Number three is, I just, I, I entitled this on my notes here, Chuck Ernst. I'm sorry. I called those animations good. I actually just found myself during the dead flip stream staring at the animations. And no, they're not identical to what you would have seen in the 90s cartoon. But they feel very close to that. And they actually feel almost halfway between that and the very popular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. And that makes sense because those are the two ways outside of the live action uh, movie that Ninja Turtles are known by the largest number of fans. So that was a very smart move by Stern to do that. And I actually find them entertaining and fun. And when you see like the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles van going around the corner and when you see April there chatting in the thing, it looks almost identical to what you would have seen in the early 90s. Um, they even have that cool retro TV, which I kind of like. Uh, there's some times when the animations are just in the Ninja Turtles layer. Or is that 
it's the layer of the subway, wherever they live. And it, it looks really cool. It looks fun, but it's kind of boring. Something's happening on the TV in the background. Sometimes that just kind of hangs around for a bit long. But overall, I'm not going to lie. I think I was trying to think about it. Think about it. Stop and think about it right now. You listeners tell me, okay, what pinball machine other than Rick and Morty has better animations than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And a couple of you, and even myself, arguably would say that it, that would be Jurassic Park. And Chuck Ernst did those as well. And I think that those are incredible. But I, so far, what we're seeing so far, even if this is the end of it, I think these animations are better. And perhaps outside of Rick and Morty, I think these are like the second best animations we've ever seen a pinball machine you know they were good and they did what they had to do in deadpool they're pretty decent in that i'm just trying to think of certainly wonka's was not better than this you guys know that right but i mean um there's just i'm trying to think about it and as far as i'm concerned i think these are probably the second if not the third best animations we've ever seen a pinball machine ever so that bumps it up from good to totally gnarly, bro. Okay, the next thing that I was wrong about was, and 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 you know the, these are kind of related. Was the sound? So I said the sound was bad. I still found even in a two-hour stream tonight on Dead Flip that I would have. I don't mind the instrumental part of hearing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I don't mind hearing the instrumental part of that. But I can't keep hearing the vocals over and over, and I can't, I can't I can't do it. Now, like I said before, I could I could easily you know just turn them down, listen to your own tunes if you're playing at home and in a barcade or arcade setting, you'd barely hear it. And if you're just playing a couple games, if you weren't playing two hours straight, it wouldn't bug you at all. In fact, it'd be an earworm and you'd love it. But I will eat my stuff a little bit, and I'm going to bump it up from bad because I said it was kind of bad yesterday. I'm going to bump it up to good, because I counted tonight at least half a dozen different sound kind of modes that were going on that had nothing to do with the theme song. And I think yesterday when I was kind of rewinding and going through um, the, the video, the very first stream, uh, quite a few times it actually just landed on the theme song just by luck. And I think that Jack Danger is getting better at the shots. Of course, your second, third time playing a machine, you get better and better and better. And I think he was getting further through the modes. So we were hearing more different, you know, I know one of the multi-ball modes is a theme song, but most of the other modes are not the theme song. Thank God. But so I'm not going to say that it's totally gnarly, bro, or that it's super rad, but I think that the music is good. I think they did as good a job as they could with what probably, you know, what they were allowed to use. And there's a time when it's kind of in between modes and it's like a mellow background chill music. And I like that. That's good. Like they did a good job with that. Um, and, and it's, but, and I will say this, I did go right over to IE pinball right after the dead flip stream ended. Uh, well, I was kind of just finishing up my notes here and Rick and Morty was on and drop target. Danielle uh, was sitting beside me, my, my wonderful patient, patient wife and she was like thank god you changed that i couldn't deal with that music anymore and she admitted to me it was the vocals and i said that right it's the vocals it's the vocals that you keep hearing that so i don't know if there's some way in the code they could say okay like during the same ball once you've heard the vocals of that 
three times. We're good on just maybe the instrumental in the background without the, the singing. But like I said, the music, I'm going to put it up to a good from a bad. Uh, it could be bodacious and it could be rad, but we need less vocals and less theme song and a little bit more of other different songs or even just chill. I'd rather just chill ambient background noise. Or if we're going to keep the theme song in there that much, just pull out the vocals a little bit or or put put the theme song in the game like 25% less because I love that song. Believe me, I love it. But now between the two streams, I've listened to it for, you know, probably 50% of the time when you're playing the game, you're hearing that. I don't know if it's quite that high. It seems like it's that high maybe because it's an earworm because even when it's not playing, you're hearing it. And maybe that's what's screwing me up about it. I don't know. Anyways. Uh... Here is the next thing I was very, very wrong about. I said that the cooperative mode was totally gnarly. And I was wrong. It's better than that. I don't know whatever better than that is. Because tonight when the when when Jack was explaining it, I understood it better. There's something called the, they're joking about it being called. I don't think in the game settings it's actually called this, but the Keith Elwin mode. So that's when you had someone as good as Keith Elwin you'd have to get like three regular like pinball nerds to play against him to probably beat his score. Uh, or if you're playing, it could be, you know, the Escher Lefkoff mode, or it could be the Raymond Davidson mode or any of these, you know, incredible pinball players. Uh, it could sometimes take, you know, three or four regular pinball nerds like me to go against him to win. So you can actually set it up. So the one person is playing against the other three people. And that is incredible. And I am unaware of any other pinball machines you can do that on. Uh, maybe TNA, uh, and I'm not sure. I know you can do the two versus two in TNA, and you can do the cooperative. So that's the thing. You can do two versus two, which would be really fun. Like, imagine just you and three of your buddies are all hanging out, and you can do, do the two versus two. That would just be incredible. But also, if one of your buddies just keeps winning, or maybe he's a guy who owned the machine. Maybe he's not that much better than you, but he's the guy who owns the machine, and he knows the shots really well, and he's comfortable on that table, and he owns it, of course. He plays all the time. He has three buddies over. Maybe he wants to, you know, play up against all of all of them to see if, you know, they can take him down because he keeps winning, right? So I this mode is even better than I thought it is. And this, this the only way, the only way to describe the fact that I don't know if other pinball companies or other pinball machines will be able to not have a feature like this, because now this pinball machine is incredibly fun playing by yourself, but it's even more fun with two players. But, whoa, you get to three? Can you play, like, two versus one? I don't know that. Pro probably. If not, when you get to four players, you've got either four-player cooperative, I believe, where you're all playing together to try to get to that wizard mode, um, or you're going to be playing two versus two, or you're going to be playing the Keith Elwin mode three versus one. This is almost like it just it, it, it expands the number of fun options you can have with the game. And people have said this over and over and over about Scott Denisi's uh, – I don't know if I want to call it his masterpiece, but probably, you know, TNA is, is, is incredible. But people say that when you have a whole bunch of people at your house, TNA is one of the most fun games to play in a party atmosphere and a get together. And in the future, I can see this being a really fun part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I was wrong about that. It's even better than I thought it could be. Okay, so let's take a look here. We talked about the Dimension X. That was one. We talked about the callouts, about how I was wrong about those. They aren't just good. They're actually bodacious, bro. Uh, number three, I apologize. Sorry, Chuck Ernst. Uh, number four was we talked about 
um, the sound. And number five, we talked about how um, it's basically a game changer with the cooperative modes that they have uh, built into the game. So those were the five things that I really thought I messed up on. Um, I'm absolutely exhausted. I did miss a good chunk of uh, the Dead Flip stream tonight because my wife said, oh, the fox is back. So we've got a fox that's been harassing our chickens, and we've had to be very careful going out with them. And I had to go grab my bow, and we had to go for a walk because even with the dog barking at the fox about – 250 meters away that's like i don't know 700 800 feet something like that it's closer than you want a large fox to your you know i get every other day i get six eggs and i get seven eggs and i didn't want you know i don't and plus i just i care for them and i love these chickens so you know we have uh double protection to get into the shed where they sleep at night but during the day they all kind of hang out together and they kind of watch out for hawks and um, I'm not really worried about bears at all during the day, even though there was more scratch marks out at one of my maple trees when we walked through the forest looking for the fox to scare the fox. Cause my fear is tonight, the fox, like, like my wife came to me and said, no, the fox is circling the chicken coop, but he's staying out about 250 meters, kind of going in a circle, but looking over and the chickens were outside on the hill. So we ran outside immediately. This is in the middle of the, you know, I had put the, uh, Owen just loves Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He didn't my youngest son Owen absolutely loves Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so he was watching the live screen stream uh, on uh, the big the big flat screen TV. I wasn't just sitting there watching it on my laptop for once, and uh, so we basically had to to chase down um, when the fox when you're out there and yelling, "Hey, hey, get away!" and you're being loud and you've got a dog and it's barking, and the fox is still not running away. You know that the fox is a getting hungry. B, hopefully not, but maybe possibly rabbit, or C, just getting desperate and, and has been stalking, really, my chickens. And that is the biggest risk of having free range. So now, you know, tonight I'm going to leave an extra light out there. I'm looking for, like, a spotlight I can order on there. You pinball nerds did not come here to hear me talk about the fox, but I did miss some of the stream. So if I missed something or I was wrong, you guys let me know. You can always message me under the Pinball Nerds Podcast Facebook group. Um, I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm burnt to a crisp right now. I not only had a great time swimming in my above-ground pools, thanks, Zach Benny, for the idea for doing that. Um, they were almost all sold out by the time I managed to get one. We just got a 15-footer but and then some floaties, and then so the boys and I were floating around in it today. It's only about 69 degrees, so uh, Drop Target Danielle wasn't really ready to go into it that cold, um, but it was like 200 bucks a Canadian tire. And uh, as being someone who happens to own a little bit of stock in Canadian Tire, I try to shop there whenever I possibly can, right? Just to support local. I don't think it you know, helps make the stock price go up. But anyways, Canadian Tire, unofficial commercial for them. They have more than tires. Uh, do you guys remember the campaign in 1986? I think it came out and it was like, Albert, Albert. And it was like this hockey player. And anyways, yeah, go YouTube it if you're really bored. It was kind of funny. I, I had an Albert hat for two or three years. Uh, and I think I think I have it in storage somewhere kicking around or something. But um, I'm completely exhausted. I've had a few beers. I normally record far more sober than this. So I apologize. I'm a little bit tired. I'm not as high energy. It's been a long few days. Uh, the last little story I want to tell you about, it's kind of funny, not pinball related. So if y'all want to head out, Remember to eat, sleep, breathe, pinball. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great night. Uh, but if you want to hear a little funny story from yesterday, they've opened all the beaches here in Nova Scotia. And uh, so, of course, 
we looked for a beach that wasn't going to be super popular and really busy. And I didn't want it to be, oh, excuse me. I didn't want it to be further than like, you know, an hour, hour and a half away. So we finally found a beach uh, that I thought would be really good for swimming over on the other side of the Atlantic because we're closer to the Bay of Fundy and the water here is kind of, it's fine, but it's very, very, very cold and uh, the tide's going in and out. So it's very chocolatey. So you can't really see the jellyfish and you want to be able to see the jellyfish when you're swimming this time of year, because most of them are fine. They just, you know, give you a little red mark from their tentacles. Sting is really the wrong term. It's not like how a, a murder hornet would sting you or something. It's just more like a, it actually just feels more like a mosquito bite or, or more like a rug burn actually. Uh, so anyways, because of COVID-19, all the bathrooms were closed and I may have had a, you know, a little drink or two before we went down to the beach and uh, maybe brought one or five with me for the, the fun time. And after having a couple beers, I tried to go use the bathroom, but the bathrooms were closed. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to find somewhere in the forest where I can just, you know, go for a quick urination station. And uh, yeah, he couldn't do it. There was like people everywhere with their, not everywhere, but like when I say everywhere, there was maybe 15 cars in a big giant parking lot. But there was, the path was very small in the forest and there was people with dogs, there was people with kids and like, there was just nowhere I could pee. And my bladder was full. Like when you got to go, you got to go. And I thought, oh, I'll just go to the car and I'll grab a cup and I'll, you know, sit in the backseat of the car and just pee like a weirdo, I guess. And when I tried to do that, like a whole family pulled up in a van and like, we're just standing around the van. I'm like, oh, now, now I'm just like some weird dude just sitting in my car peeing in a cup. And it's like, I didn't want to do that. So I thought, okay, I figured it out. The water is so freaking cold. No one's out there in the water. It's like plus one degree. It's, it's probably, you actually, you could see icebergs. If there's a website, you can look at the icebergs and the, the area where I was is not too far away where you could still see icebergs floating by like legit within the last few weeks. So the water, and we had frost here. So like we had, things were freezing. Um, I finally got all my veggies out. But uh, so anyways, I went out kind of like to a deeper area where couldn't really, you know, there was no one near me. I was more than a hundred feet away from anyone. Probably the closest people to my kids. And they were like, 200 feet away playing like in the two feet deep water near the shore. And, but I had seen a lot of jellyfish, but I hadn't seen any big ones or ones I thought were dangerous or anything. So finally get to this area where that's maybe a little bit, you know, more than waist deep and uh, go to go pee. And this is not something I make a habit of doing and I would not do it a busy beach area. But anyways, as I'm going to the bathroom, all of a sudden I start to feel something and I assume it's seaweed on the right hand side of my arm. And as you can guess, it's like the biggest jellyfish I've seen in my life. And I freaked out and I just started swimming back into shore. And by the time I got there about three inches up from my right wrist, all the way up to maybe, I don't know, four, four inches away from my shoulder was like these long, it looked, it looked like I was like beat with like a, a, a I don't know, a willow whip or something. Um, it was like a rug burn slash whatever. And then it turned into more of a, a sunburn and it had these little, like uh, these little, it, it was, it was not nice. It was these little blisters like that you would get from that. And it, you know, it only stung for maybe two and a half, three hours. Actually all the black fly bites that I got while I was there on my chest and my back and stuff, those like hurt 10 times worse. So, um, they were horrible, but I survived, I survived and I'm okay. And I'm sorry that was not pinball related, but that was a, a little funny story I want to throw in yesterday that, uh, and then the, the worst part is, you know, the, the best thing for 
a jellyfish uh, sting is, of course, peeing. But I had just finished doing that, so I couldn't even urinate on my own freaking arm. I don't know where I would go to do it anyways, but I couldn't even do it if I wanted to because I had none left. Anyways, we had a great time at the beach. Uh, everyone there was smart in social distancing. I think the closest to us, like right before we left, some teenagers set down their towels like 100 feet from us. Not even that, like like 100 feet, like sorry, like maybe 80 feet. I don't know. Not that close. Like no one was sitting close to each other because we didn't have to, because there's miles and miles and miles of beachfront. And anyways, I absolutely love the pro. I think that the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pro will be perhaps one of the, if not maybe even best selling ever like pinball machine, the pro itself, pinball machine that, that of the modern era, it's not going to be like a, um, you know, uh, Adam's family or something like that. It's not going to do 20,000, but I think perhaps it could be one of the best selling to go into bars and arcades and places like that when they start to reopen again. So anyways, pinball nerds, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And thank you so much to everyone who's reached out to me. I've really appreciated that. I had at least another dozen messages today just saying they appreciate the honesty I've had in my last few shows, uh, especially a couple shows ago. So thank you so much for that. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe I overreacted a little. I probably did, to be honest. But uh, I kind of had it on my chest for a little while and got it off there. And uh, let's move forward. I'm going to try to be less dramatic and uh, you know, more, I, I want to continue to be a positive force in pinball. And speaking to that end, I do plan having Chris the Pinter on the show to talk about toxicness in pinball and how we can fix it. Until next time, pinball nerds, remember to eat, sleep, and breathe pinball. <laughs>